0: Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service.
1: Amen. Well, if you're watching online, I just want to say thank you for doing that. Many people watch our services online, uh, live as well as throughout the week. But I did want to say this, if you're ever in College Station, Texas, come out to a New Heights Church service live. I promise you, me and everybody here will make you feel right at home in Jesus' name. All right, it's Baptism Sunday at New Heights, and I want to I want to teach for a few minutes before we break out uh, to baptize those who are ready from Acts chapter number eight. Acts chapter number eight. I'm going to start around verse 26, but let me kind of give you... A little bit of background: The book of Acts starts right after Jesus uh, has been crucified, risen from the dead, and spends about forty days alive, showing himself to the disciples and and, and many witnesses that he has risen from the dead. And then the book of Acts starts. So you have the gospels or the canons: Matthew, Mark, Luke. John, and they are recollections of Jesus' time on earth. You will find many of the same stories in each of those books, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some of the stories will read differently, even though it's the same account or the same event. You say, well, how could that happen? Well, let me just ask you, if there were four people that you know that all went to a parade, and you ask all four to describe what they see, one of them would say, oh man, I saw a parade and there was there was a, a float and it was covered in roses and it was beautiful. One of them is gonna say, you know what, I was there and I saw the marching band and it was incredible. And then one of them's gonna say, you know what, I was there and I saw all the horses and 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 there was a big uh, uh, parade of horses and there was a trail ride that came through. And then one of them's gonna say, I just played on my phone, I didn't see anything. All four were at the same place, at the same time, with the same thing happening, but God chose to show us the picture through the eyes of people that were actually there, and everybody sees things a little bit different. Does that make sense? Exact same events, but things can be recollected a little bit differently because they pick up different, different things. So that being said, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are what we call the gospels. They tell the story of while Jesus was on the planet. So if you, if you've never read your Bible and you wanted a place to start, start with the book of John, everybody say, John, John. start with the book of John. It's called the gospel of love. I read from the King James. Typically I start with the King James version because I like it. I grew up memorizing it. Uh, That doesn't mean that I think it's better than others because I use multiple translations. But I start with the King James. But if if you've never read your Bible, listen, take some personal responsibility and some personal time and read your Bible. And if you've never started the book of John, grab you a translation that you can understand and digest. Is that Jesus? (laughs) Grab, Grab you a translation that you can understand and digest. That there's there's several out there. One of them's called the, the NIV, or the New International Version. And religious people hate that version because there's all kind of... Uh, um, What's the word? Conspiracy theories about what's taken out or put in. Uh, but there, but at the same time, anything that you have in you, uh, the Bible says out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Uh, I don't typically go with that version just because the King James Version was developed closely from the original text. It's one translation away. Another great one, and I see people uh, taking notes, I appreciate that. Uh another one is the New English translation, the N E T. It's a lesser known translation, but I, I really value it. I find it to be very powerful. Uh another one if if you if you're reading, uh that, that paints a beautiful picture of 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 the gospel is the message Bible. There's another new one called the Passion uh, Translation, the Passion Version. But there's different kinds. But find you a translation you can read, you can understand, and read the book of John. Everybody say, John. John. It's the gospel of love. It's beautiful. And here's how to read the Bible. None of this is in my notes. I'm I'm just trying to set up where we actually are. Here's how to read the Bible. You want to know the secret to reading the Bible? Who really wants to know the secret to reading the Bible? You look for Jesus all the time. That's the secret. The secret to staying engaged in the word is to find Jesus. He is everywhere in the Bible. In the book of Genesis, he is the firstling that Abel brought to uh, God in sacrifice. The Bible says, Uh, in in the book of Exodus, he is the spotless lamb that the Israelites used to put that spotless blood on their doorposts. You can find him all through the Bible in types and shadows. So especially in the New Testament where he is literally walking around, see, here's the beauty of our God. He's the same yesterday, today, today, and forever so whatever you see jesus doing in matthew mark luke and john he is still doing it today so when you read the book of john you're going to read about him healing people he's still healing people today you're going to read about him forgiving people he's still forgiving people today you're going to read about him having a big problem with religion he still has a problem with religion today And religion, by definition, I want to make sure that I'm not just putting in a blanket because the word uh, covering with too big of a blanket because the word religion, uh, it's not necessarily a bad word, but religion versus the concept of a relationship is a very big challenge to our God. God did not want a set of bylaws that would make it challenging to get to him. He actually wanted us to be aware that even though we could not do it on our own, he was willing to cross over into time and space and actually pay our price. Can you say amen to that? So if you've never read your Bible, start with the book of John, grab a translation you can read. It's beautiful. Look for Jesus. Once you've read the book of John, I recommend going, uh, uh, starting then at Matthew and reading Matthew and Mark and Luke and, and just get the best picture you can of Jesus because Jesus changes everything, every single thing. So then right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four different recollections of what Jesus did while he was on planet Earth starts the book of Acts. Uh, the acts of the apostles or could have been said the acts of the Holy Spirit, the acts of the apostles, the, what, what took place after Jesus ascended into heaven. So in the first chapter of the book of Acts, Jesus is still on planet earth and the Bible says that he's with his disciples and he says, he says, listen, he said, I'm going, I'm going to be preparing a place for you guys. So he's tying all these other things together, but literally he ascends into heaven. They watch him rise up and float into heaven. And he had told them to go to Jerusalem and wait until they had been endued with power, until the fullness or the promise of the Holy Spirit showed up. So the Bible says that they were with Jesus for about 40 days after he was risen from the dead. They saw him several times. And then the Bible says, uh, 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 literally, Jesus ascended into heaven and when they ascended in that when he ascended into heaven, uh, all of a sudden the sky opened up like the day he was born. Remember the day he was born, there were some shepherds in a field watching their flocks by night. Everybody's heard the story at a candlelight service if you've ever been to a candlelight service. But the Bible says that while they were sitting there that the heavens opened up and a multitude of angels showed up. Well, that same kind of thing happened where the sky opened up and all of a sudden there's an angel standing there and, and, and says to the disciples, what are you doing? Don't you know he's going to come back exactly as you saw him leave? One day Jesus is going to come back. He's going to split the eastern sky. We're going to watch the sky opened up, and the Bible says the dead in Christ, uh they will be raised first, and then you and me who are alive and remain, we will be caught up. Somebody say caught up, we'll be caught up to meet him in the sky and forever and ever we'll rule and reign with him. It's going to be a wonderful, beautiful time. Uh but Jesus goes ascends into heaven, and the angel says you guys need to go do what he said, which is the word for somebody today. Just do what he said. Well, how do I serve God? Well, you do what he said. So the Bible says that uh, they went to Jerusalem. They began to uh, pray and they were in an upper room. And the Bible says that uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, which Pentecost literally means five. So five weeks after uh, uh, after. Uh, Passover the Bible says that when that took place that the Holy Spirit came and and just in a moment when they all got in one mind and one accord the place was shaken and there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and the Bible said they were all filled somebody say filled They were all filled with the Spirit. God began to pour out His Spirit. They all began to speak in other tongues. Cloven tongues of fire rested on them. In other words, they were baptized in the Spirit and with fire just like the bible said uh that that uh john jesus cousin john the baptist said there's one after me who's going to baptize you with the holy spirit and with fire so in acts chapter two we see that jesus is actually baptizing them at that time with the holy spirit and fire and everybody hears them speaking and they're so happy everybody thinks they're drunk and it's nine o'clock in the morning so everybody thinks they're drunk. Matter of fact, they're all talking about it. I said, Man, this place everybody thinks they're everybody thinks they're drunk. And they said, Well, well, how in the world? And it starts to spill out on the streets. You know, church was never designed to stay in here. Church designed to spill out on the streets. Church designed to spill out on your job site. And and they heard them, and it was loud, and there was a, a ruckus going on. That's why I get real nervous around quiet churches. Because you can't find a quiet church in the New Testament. We're excited about what Jesus actually did for us. I'm more excited about them than I am the Dallas Cowboys. Come on, somebody. And I love me some Cowboys. But I'm never going to let the, the Dallas Cowboys, the Houston Rockets, or anything else have more excitement and vigor and energy. It's not going to get more of my attention. It's not going to get more of my prayer. That's never going to happen. And, and the Bible says when that took place, The Bible says when that took place, that that literally they began to spill out in the street. And here's all these people. And they said, said, these people are drunk. Look at them. And Peter said, we're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. He said, the bars aren't even open yet. You can read it, Acts chapter 2. He said, the bars aren't even open yet. And they said, well, what's going on? He said, this is that what do you mean this is that? This is what we've all been waiting for. I came here this morning to tell somebody, this is exactly what you've been waiting for. Stop looking for something else. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Get yourself in Jesus and everything will change. So he goes on and the Bible says that that that, that uh, Peter begins to tell him, he goes, he goes, this is that. He says, this is what the prophet talked about. He said, he said, God says he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh, his sons and daughters to prophesy and that's what's going on. And everybody, all of a sudden, the anointing of the Holy Spirit began to fill the streets and listen to this 3000 people were added to the church that day, which is in stark contrast to the day that Moses came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments. Everybody say, the law. The law. That's what we call the law. If you remember, he came down the the, the mountain with the Ten Commandments. He had two tablets uh, that God had literally written on. Two tables, two tablets of stone. And God had written the Ten Commandments. All the thou shalt nots. He had written the Ten Commandments on these two people. It's the first text message in history that we're aware of. <laughs> and God sends it down and Moses walking down he's been up on the mountain his face has been glowing he has been right in the presence of God he'd been up there for 40 days and he comes walking down and he, only to find out that the people they were, they were dancing around crazy and naked in other words they look drunk but any time that God establishes a thing the devil will always make a counterfeit God never said don't be drunk He said, don't get drunk with alcohol. Did you know you can be drunk in the Holy Spirit? When you're drunk in the Holy Spirit, it has similar characteristics of being drunk in alcohol. Who in here was drunk last night? No, don't raise your hand. (laughs) What happens is this. When you get drunk with alcohol, not, not with everybody necessarily... But one of the first things that happens, you start forgetting about your problems. That's one of the reasons people self medicate. Because they are carrying stuff they're not designed to carry. And they need to pacify it, at least for a minute, so they can take a breath, maybe get a little sleep. So they, they, they go to the sauce, they start drinking. And all of a sudden, they start to chill out a little bit, generally. Have you ever been around anybody drunk? You'll find also they start to get more friendly. Hey, I mean the 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 tightest cheapskate on the planet. Let me buy you around. I tell you what, it's like you catch them when they're not drunk, and they're just they're just like eh, squeezing every nickel. Because when you're drunk, you start to get friendlier. You start to get generous. A lot of times, you'll forgive somebody. You know, he probably didn't mean it that way. I was I was on vacation, and uh, I was on vacation a few weeks ago. And and we're at a restaurant, and it's you know it's one of those bar grills. It was mainly a bar. We're in a restaurant, and uh, our son is over playing this game where there's a string hanging off a board with a I think a washer on it or something. And you drop it, and it swings, and you try to catch it on a hook. And there's another little kid over there playing. So they're going, and this guy comes over, can barely stand up. This guy comes over and says, yep. <laughs> is, that, is that your boy over there? Yep. <laughs> and Crystal is like, yeah, that's him. Why? You moms know what I'm talking about. Y'all acting all holy. They're like, I can't believe that. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Y'all reaching for the knife in your pant leg. Tell my, yes, my baby. You got a problem, my baby. I tell you what. And so he says, he goes, I've never seen a more polite young man. And Crystal's like, oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> Glory to God. Look at that. <laughs> Saved your life with that one compliment. He's like, he's like, that's that the most polite young man I ever, I ever met in my life? I, I tell you what, where are y'all from? I said, we're from Texas. He said, he said, what is going on? I said, that's Jesus. He goes, he goes, he's smaller than I thought. <laughs> I said, no, that's not like lit. That's not like that's not like him like. I said, I said, that's, I said, we're Christian. I said, that's the love of God that you're seeing. He said, he said, well, he's just been so nice to my, that was his grandson. He said, I've been, he's been so nice to my grandson. I just, he said, he was so polite to me. He was, yes, sir, and no, sir, and all, all this other stuff. And I said, well, praise the Lord. He goes, he goes, he goes, I tell you what, let me buy you guys a round of, and he looked at our table, and he goes, Water. <laughs> he was a great guy. So he lit. I mean, he lit, They literally brought over some more glasses of water, which is very nice. But but, you know, when you're intoxicated, there, there are attributes that come out. Now, it can go to the extreme. You see what I'm saying? But but generally speaking, those are some of the attributes of intoxication. That's a counterfeit version of being intoxicated in the Spirit of God. Some of the same things pop up whenever you get intoxicated in the Spirit of God. You come in here, you're all just, Rrr. that screen is so bright, I can barely see. <laughs> My God, what, I got 30 speakers up there now? <laughs> I should have brought a blanket. It's hot, cold, <laughs> baptized. Why are we even be baptized? I don't even know what that means. Rrr. And all of a sudden, the presence comes, and you're like, I love you. (laughs) You walk in, you're like, I should be mowing the yard. Uh, What time does Dallas play anyway? Uh." Then the presence comes, and you're like, oh, you know what? I can cut that grass later. God is so faithful. Because your problems just start to kind of melt. Because you start getting intoxicated. Before you know it, you start forgiving people who hurt you. Yeah. Amen. Before you know it. Here's another one. Doesn't happen for everybody. But if, you, if you've ever been around drunk people, or you've ever been one, you know exactly what I'm about to say is true. Some people get very emotional when they get intoxicated. Some people, when the Holy Spirit, I can tell, Wednesday night, I walked up, and I had this great sermon, and I was about to preach it, and then all of a sudden, the presence of the Lord came in, and, and like 80% of the people just started crying. Amen. I mean, it literally, it just sounded like a, like a, the, the flu had broke out in here. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> who was here Wednesday? I don't know what I'm talking about. Am I telling the truth? So it's the same thing with the spirit. Some people just get real emotional. I'm not very emotional. except I'm I'm more emotional since having kids. But I'm not a very emotional person outside of the things of God. But something about when his his spirit begins to manifest or you begin to sense him and you become more aware of of his presence, I sense him now while we're talking about him, you become more aware of his presence and, and literally it's like being intoxicated. You just don't have a hangover the next morning. You see what I'm saying? You you, you don't, you don't have all the negative effects because anything that God establishes, there is a counterfeit version. So for instance, God is love. You'll know they're Christians by their love for one another. That's God's plan, but there's a counterfeit version of love, and that's based off of what you can do for me. I love you if you do this. I love you if you do that, and we start clicking up, and I go to this church, and you go to this church, and I go this, and I go to this, and I only like this music, and I only like that, and I only wear these clothes, and I don't wear these clothes, and I only act this way, and before you know it, you have clicked up with a group of people that look like you, sound like you, talk like you, and you think that you are experiencing the agape of God when the truth of the matter is it's a counterfeit version of love because the Bible says that love never fails. In other words, love never has an end point. So if your love or version of love for other people has an end point, in other words, I, I love everybody, but I don't love Muslims then you don't love people. That's a counterfeit version of Jesus. That's a counterfeit version of the version of love that Jesus teaches. If you don't love people that disagree with you, that's a counterfeit version of love. That doesn't mean be abused. That doesn't mean sit and, 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 and you know, indefinitely endure something. It doesn't mean put your family in, in bad situations. But it does mean that you have to decide how far you're going to take love because it is directly proportional to how much God will actually use you. Because if you're willing to love people and point them to Christ, he's going to send you people that need love. Yeah. Amen. And you're going to be like, I don't know. People just always drawn to me. Why? It's because God knows you'll love them. It's because God knows you're not going to throw holy water at them and tell them they're going to hell. We still have to be honest, spirit and truth. We still have to tell them we can't, we can't cut things out of the Bible just because it's uncomfortable to talk about. But we have to love them. They, don't, they will know that we are Christians, that we are Christ ones by our love for one another so that's the counterfeit there's a counterfeit for everything that God has so the Holy Spirit pours out in Acts chapter number 2 uh, the, the church kind of begins to come together in the chapter 2 chapter 3 chapter 4 uh, even through uh, uh, well the whole book of Acts we begin to see different uh, events taking place and 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 literally it is the beginning of the of the actions that Jesus said to do but now he's not physically with them all the time. Like the man Christ Jesus is not walking around. Now he's in heaven preparing a place like he is now, preparing a place for the disciples. And we are watching the disciples operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. So they are fulfilling what Jesus said. Is everybody with me so far? They're fulfilling what Jesus said. Give God one hand to praise, then let's go. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 8. The Bible says that, that this is, this is uh, a moment where we're going to see the beauty of baptism. The angel of the Lord said to Philip, Arise and go towards the south, the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, there was a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasure... And had come to Jerusalem to worship. So the apostle Philip is told by the Spirit to go down south uh, 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 from Jerusalem towards Gaza or into Gaza in a desert place. And and the Bible says that he sees a man uh, that was of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. He was the one in charge of all the resources of the queen of ethiopia and he had come to jerusalem to worship in other words when you just come to worship you can have an encounter you'll never forget never devalue what it means to strategically and on purpose go to worship we have our conference coming up when you set time aside to say you know what uh, we, we do a conference like this one time a year. We have different events and different stuff the rest of the year, but we do a conference in October, our New Heights Conference once a year. This year it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to set some time aside, and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship God serving the house. I'm going to worship God uh, by bringing people that need that need Jesus. I'm going to worship God and sing. I'm going to worship God by being prepared. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast and be ready for it. And when you go to worship, you're going to find out that God literally will get a message directly to you this guy comes to jerusalem to worship and 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 literally god sends an apostle to speak to him the bible says he was returning and he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of isaiah and the spirit said to philip go near and join yourself to his chariot Go near and join yourself to his chariot. Now that join yourself is very interesting. Because in the original text, it's the same word that you would use to say to glue something together. Go and glue yourself to that chariot. There's some people in your life that they need you to glue yourself to them even though they don't agree with you yet. Your children... There is no end point in what you're going to pray for them. You're going to glue yourself to their future and speak the word and the blessing of God over it. He said, I want you to glue yourself to the chariot. I want you to join yourself to this chariot. And the Bible says that Philip went over there. He ran over there and he heard him and the prophet reading the book of Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? In other words... He was close enough to hear what was going on. Never feel like you have to get so far from the world that you can't affect the world. You're going to have to be close enough to hear an opportunity present itself. Close enough does not mean, you know, smoking dope and skipping rope with everybody who's acting nuts, okay? But what it might mean is, hey, if you ever need something, I'm here. What it might mean is sharing a Subway sandwich at lunch with somebody who everybody else says you know what nobody needs to be around that person they're just always making bad decisions they're crazy they're they're whatever it might mean taking 5 minutes at work and having a conversation with somebody to let them know yes i'm a christian but i'm not one of those ones that looks down their nose at other people i'm one of those ones who loves people and pointing them to christ so that you're close enough to them that you can hear when an opportunity comes up I remember when I first, when I first got out of college and, and even before, I worked in a shipyard and it was really, 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 really rough. I mean, rough, like, like crazy rough. I had never been around that type of environment, but I remember they, they, they brought me a credit card one time and they said, here, this is a credit card. It was an American Express. It was black. They said, we want you to take this credit card. We got a captain of a ship coming in. I want you to take that captain. We want you to take him to the strip club. And I want you to get him drunk. And I want you to keep him drunk for the next week. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, strip club? Drunk? I said, sir, I said, respectfully. And I don't know if I need to work here. And I'm not trying to cause a problem. But I don't go to strip clubs. And I don't get drunk. I said, I'm going home to my wife. As soon as the whistle blows, I said, "That's what I'm going to be doing." I said, if I, need to, "If I need to look for work, I said, I, I promise you, it's not a problem for me." I said, "But well, I don't do that." He said, "He said, okay. I just figured, you know, you're 21 years old, whatever." He said, "I figured you'd be you'd be excited about that." I said, "Well, you figured wrong." He said, "Well, why not?" I said, "I'm a Christian." He said, "Well, I know a lot of Christians." I said, "No, I'm a Christian." <laughs> I said, I am not talking about anybody else. I said, I'm just telling you. I said, I said, I don't, I don't. That's not what I'm doing. I said, Jesus doesn't do that. I don't do that. I'm not doing it. He said, No problem. I didn't. I didn't. You know, try to make it a big. I actually tried to make it not a big deal, because you know, just I didn't know. I didn't know how to handle that. So about a month later, I get a call, and it would be kind of weird because I was wondering, like, am I going to get fired because I don't go to strip clubs? What am I going to happen? And he calls me into his office and he says, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, yeah. And he, he turns his computer, he starts turning his computer screen around and he'd done this before. And I thought it was going to be an inappropriate picture because he'd done that before and I'd ask him not to do it. And he turns it around and it's a picture of Jesus, like in a lion or something. You know, those pictures that go around the internet, like some cool, you know, deal. And he's like, I can't quit looking at this. I said, yeah, Jesus is amazing. He goes, but why is it showing it like this? I said, oh, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, there is one that goes like about, he goes about like a roaring lion. That's our adversary. He's not a roaring lion, but he wants everybody to think he's a lion. I said, but Jesus is the lion and the lamb. So he's sitting there. He's like, oh, okay. He said, Turns his computer back around. He said, can I talk to you for just a second? I said, yeah. He said, I'm really having some troubles with my wife. I said, well, I think if you'd stop going to strip clubs, <laughs> getting drunk every day, that might work. I don't know, step in the right direction. But I was close enough to hear when there was an opportunity. A year later, he called me. I had left the company. Uh, he, we, we continued to do business together, uh, literally. The, the type of work that I did, they didn't even bid it out with anybody. They just gave it to me. And I remember one time I had a load, several uh, several loads, big tractor trailers with equipment going out to their company and one of, the tractors, one of the trailers broke and the equipment fell through and I called him as soon as I found out about it. I said, hey, I said, I don't want you to know, you know, I know that that happened. I said, don't worry about it. He said, oh, I, he said, it happened at five o'clock this morning. I said, well, it's noon. Why didn't you call me? He said, because when I, when I asked, who did we buy that from? And they told me from Brian Hallam, I knew you were going to take care of it. See, your reputation can set you up for success or it can hurt you. But in this, in this, in this about a year later, in a conversation, he calls me and I, I said, I'm talking to him. I said, man, what is different about you? I said, we've been talking for like 30 seconds and you hadn't dropped the F-bomb once. He's like, "Oh, I'm a Christian." I said, "Excuse me." He goes, "Yeah, baptized. Jesus changed my whole life. You were right about all of it, Brian. I had no idea." But you got to be close enough that you can hear. You got to be close enough that you can hear. I, I'm not saying you don't jump in the boat with somebody whose boat's sinking, but you can pull up next to it in the life preserver that is Jesus and say, "Hey, if you if you're ready to stop drowning." I know one that'll give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Come on, somebody. So the scripture says that uh, he was close enough to hear. And when he heard it, he said to him, he said, do you understand what you are reading? And verse 31 said, how can I accept somebody would guide me or teach me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. Now, I want to point this out really quickly. He said, he said, how can I unless somebody guides me? Now, the reason is, is because at this point, this man had never been born again. Until you are born again, the kingdom seems silly. Until you are born again, everything we're talking about right now sounds like a pipe dream. Sounds like, what are y'all even talking about? Why, why are y'all getting up on Sunday morning and getting your kids ready and getting them to church? Why are you doing that? Well, it's because we love Jesus. Well, cool. Everybody can love Jesus. I can love Jesus in my bed eating nachos. You know what I'm saying? Why, why can't I love Jesus right here? Well, you, you, well Jesus is amazing, so we go worship. But why are you going worship from there? You keep turning music on at your house. Why can't you just turn the music on at your house? Well, it's because we get together and, you know, we gather together and we lift up our voices. And we love, but why you do it like that? See, it all sounds crazy until you're born again. And then it's like, I got to get to church. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait until they start singing. I can't wait until they start reading from that book. I can't wait. I'm starving for it. I'm living off of every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Oh, get me to the house of God. That's because he wasn't born again. It all looks silly. When you're not born again, you say things like this. Only hypocrites go to church. Find me one human that's not a hypocrite on some level. One. When you're not born again, you just say stuff and you don't don't know what you're saying. So the Ethiopian is reading, but he can't understand it. And the reason he can't understand it is he's not born again. Because in the book of John, chapter number three, Jesus tells a guy who knows the whole Bible up to that point, Nicodemus, tells him, he says, he says, He says, look, if you're not born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. It's like walking around with no glasses and you need them. I remember the first time I got glasses, I was in the sixth, I was in the seventh grade. And I was like, I did not know that trees had leaves. Everybody's walking around, same tree. I just can't see it. The tree didn't change. My ability to see changed. Ethiopian can't understand it because he's not born again Philip understands it because he has been born again so the scripture says of course I can't understand it I need somebody who can guide me the place of the scripture which was being read was the part where it said he was led as a sheep to the slaughter like a lamb dumb or not speaking before the shearer he didn't open his mouth 33 in his humiliation his judgment was taken away and he and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth And the eunuch, the guy, the Ethiopian guy, says uh, unto Philip, he said, is the prophet talking about himself or somebody else? This doesn't make any sense. He's talking about a lamb that's being led to slaughter. It's not saying anything about it. He's talking about somebody who uh, takes the uh, judgment away. And, and, And so he says, who is this that he's talking about? And Philip opened his mouth, and this is so beautiful. He began at the same scripture... At the same scripture, he didn't, have, he didn't have to say, let me tell you about a different part. He said, let me make clear what you can't see right here. He said to him, he said he opened, he began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. When you read the Bible, you look for Jesus. He is the lamb led to slaughter. He kept his mouth closed. He could have called a, a, a million angels to come and stop everything that was happening. Nobody took his life. He willingly laid it down. And he told him about Jesus. And as they went on their way, now he, he, we see obviously that the eunuch was born again because now he starts to see, he starts to get a picture. He starts to get a picture of who Jesus is. And he says to him, he says, he says, uh, there's water right here what would stop me from being baptized? Now, the reason he said that is because while Philip is teaching him about Jesus, he's saying, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he lived, that he died on the cross and rose three days, then you will be saved. Which certainly would have created a next question. Then what do I do? And Philip said to him, he said, well, the next thing you do is you need to be baptized. You need to confess the Lord Jesus Christ and you need to be baptized. And all of a sudden, the Ethiopian says, stop the chariot. He says, there's water right here. You know, God is looking for people that will take a step right where they are. You don't have to know it all. You just have to use what you know. At that point, the Ethiopian knew he needed to be baptized. So instead of negotiating it away in his head, he decided to become obedient immediately. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. I got, I, got, I got two dogs. I got one of them lives outside. I don't care what it does. It eats the food, it drinks the water, I don't care. Barks, doesn't bark, lays there, doesn't, I don't, it doesn't make me any difference okay but the dog that lives in the house that dog does what it's supposed to do or it doesn't live in the house it's just one of the rules at my casa and when you let that dog go outside to go to the restroom once it's done the restroom if i say come here i do not mean when you feel like it dog <laughs> because delayed obedience now it's gonna come inside but you're standing on the porch going. Come here, bacon! Get over here! Come on, Fluffy! Don't you just feel super masculine when you're doing that, Fluffy? Get over here! I can come. You're you can. Don't you don't you roll in that? Ah. Because delayed, op- you know the dog's gonna come in. The dog wants to eat sooner or later. But the delay in obeying is actually disobedience so the, the Ethiopian is going well I need to be baptized er, there's water right there what stops me because what I want to do is what Jesus said I need to do and the Bible says that Philip looked at him and says if you believe with all your heart you can well, why is that important because that is more important than the water You've got to believe with all, if you, if you say, man, I, I'm not into Jesus, whatever, but I like the idea of being baptized, don't. It's a waste of time. But if you believe with all your heart, that he is the son of God, the only begotten that ransomed us from death, hell and the grave, that walked down into the, to the depths of hell and led captivity captive three days later, walked out of a borrowed tomb and came and told his disciples about the goodness of the gospel of, of himself and what he's doing. If you believe that with everything that you have, when you get in the water, something incredible will happen to you. The Bible says when you're baptized, You are enveloped in Christ. Many times when you're baptized, you go in the water with something. But you come out of the water and the thing that was plaguing you stays in the water. I've known people that were manically depressed and got baptized and were never depressed again. I know people that were bound with addiction. Christians. Believe with their whole heart that Jesus is Lord. But when they got in the water, something happened. Because it's not just a natural act of obedience. It's a supernatural event. When you say, I'm taking the next step. Because getting bored again is a private thing. I can't see your heart physically. But being baptized is a public thing. It's saying, I want the world to know that I have chosen to follow Jesus. The Bible says, Philip said to him, he said, if you believe with your whole heart. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both in the water, Philip and the unit. And the Bible says he, he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. So if I baptize you today and disappear, don't freak out. <laughs> the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch didn't see him no more. And listen to this. He went on his way rejoicing. You ever seen somebody when they turned 21 go to the bar and get drunk on the twenty first birthday? Or whatever, their 40th birthday. And everybody's like, they're sitting there like, boom. And everybody's like, yeah. I think it's a shame that we rejoice like that for that kind of nonsense. And we don't lose our minds when somebody gets baptized. When they come out of that water, I think we ought to magnify God to the best of our ability. I think I think when they come out, I think we ought to celebrate it. I think we ought to celebrate what God's doing. The Bible says right here that he came out rejoicing. Now, this man, let me tell you what happened. We don't know how long it took, but it sounds to me like it could have taken 30 minutes, maybe a half hour, maybe maybe an hour. Could have taken either 30 minutes or a half hour. Took a while, I don't know. But he goes from not understanding what he's reading to being born again and now being baptized. And his response is to rejoice. When you come, he said, the only reason he went to Jerusalem was to worship. When you come to worship, God can get a message to you. And when you get that message, you got an opportunity. You can either go one day, I'll do it. Or you can go, do you have water here? He said we have water. I see water, Philip, right? Here. What stops me from being baptized? And Philip, being a good preacher, said, "Well, baptism won't do anything for you unless you love God with your whole heart." He said, "Oh, I love him. I want Jesus. He is my Lord." He said, "Well, man, let's get let's do it." The Bible says he puts him in the water and he pulls him out of the water and supernaturally the spirit of God begins to move and all of a sudden the Ethiopian begins to rejoice and he rejoices because now he can see what he could not see. Isn't that how you felt when Jesus became that real to you and now all of a sudden everything you're praying grandma said made sense when they said to you, you're too important to be acting that way. And you're like, whatever, I'm just a person, <laughs> Don't I don't care what your friends do. I care what you do. When your dad looked at you and said, listen to me. You don't have anything to prove to anybody else. And you're sitting there going, whatever, man. I don't understand. Oh. And then all of a sudden, you start to see it. This is what happened with this Ethiopian. So I say this today to everybody who's going to be baptized. We're going to rejoice with you. We're going to baptize right out here, right outside this door, right here. The water is 33 degrees. I really don't know. I hope it's not cold. We'll baptize Jake first and see. water right out the door everybody's gonna be baptized I I commend you because we're gonna celebrate with you maybe you've never been baptized but you're here today we have everything you need just a minute we're gonna dismiss service you can go to guest central and you can get we got all the stuff you'll need we got clothes towels everything if you want to make that decision today but the first step is to be born again I just asked the question Are you born again? And if the answer is I don't know, we can fix that. It's a hard decision to love him, it's private, it's a personal decision. It's a public decision to be baptized. Now I'm showing the world my faith.
0: I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.